0: I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. It's one of those books I'm sure you read on a regular basis, so I'll give you a moment to find it. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And we're going to begin at verse 1. In the midst of this scripture will be a very familiar passage, but context means a lot. Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning at verse 1, where we read, Now, this is the commandment, the statutes and the ordinances that the Lord your God charged me to teach you to observe in the land that you are about to cross into and occupy. So that you and your children and your children's children may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life and keep all his decrees and his commandments that I'm commanding you so that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe them diligently, so that it may go well with you, and so that you may multiply greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words that I'm commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you're at home, when you're away, when you lie down, and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. When the Lord your God has brought you into the land that he swore to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you a land with fine, large cities that you did not build, houses that were filled with all sorts of goods that you did not fill, hewn cisterns that you did not hew, vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. And when you've eaten your fill, take care that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. The Lord your God you shall fear, him you shall serve, and by his name alone you shall swear. Do not follow other gods, any of the gods of the peoples who are all around you, because the Lord your God, who is present with you, is a jealous God. Let us pray together. God, we're just so grateful for your love and for your grace. And God, we give you thanks for the privilege now of studying together your holy word. And God, as I stand before these, your people, this is your church. I pray that this would be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In the midst of that scripture was the beautiful passage known as the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. It's that foundational scripture. It was that vital scripture for the Hebrew people, for the people known as the Jews. Now the children of Israel were getting ready to enter into the promised land. The journey across the wilderness, the years in the wilderness had been long and tiring and and generations had changed. And now, now the children of Israel are ready to move in and God charges Moses. Did, Did you hear that in the scripture that God charged Moses to teach. In other words, this message that you just heard, that we just read together in the scripture, this was so important to God that not only did God charge Moses to teach the people, but Moses tells them, look, God charged me to do this. And you are charged by God himself to hear this word. See, God knew this would be the foundation. This would have generational impact on the people. The Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. That word Shema comes from that word hear. It's that first word, hear, O Israel. You shall love the Lord your God, the Lord alone. You see, the people of Israel were going into this new land that would be filled with all kinds of gods, all kinds of idols, all kinds of things in this new culture, this new world that could lead them astray. And so God God, charged Moses, make sure you tell them, I'm the only God. It's one of the commandments, God Alone, And you shall love the Lord your God. Love God with everything that you've got. Love is the greatest form of loyalty that you can have. It's the fullest measure. It's that that sign of ultimate commitment when we love someone. And we're called to love God with all of our heart. Notice the word all. It's not some of our heart, some of our mind some of our soul, some of our might. No, 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 no. We love God with everything we've got. The heart, it's, it's that sense of mind and knowledge and will and loyalty. Where love derives from. You, you'll love God from that very part of your being. With all your soul. That, that self that you have, that that deep part of your essence? And would I be willing to give my life? It's, it's the word for my life and being. What am I willing to die for? I, I remember when I was on the conference board of ordained ministry, oftentimes when I would be meeting with a group about theology, we would ask a young clergy person, what in your faith are you willing to die for? Do you, do you love God with All of your soul, where your faith is something you would lay your life on the line for. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, your strength, your capacity, your abilities, all the things that you have, do you love God with it all? 100% commitment. Eugene Peterson, I've referred to before, is the one who paraphrases the scripture in what is known as the message. And I love his paraphrase of the Shema. He says, love God, your God, with your whole heart. Love him with all that's in you. Love him with all you've got. Patrick Miller, the biblical scholar, says that the Shema was the touchstone for Israel's faith and life. The plumb line by which their relationship to the Lord of history was constantly being measured. Shema, hero Israel, the Lord is one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And we as Christians, we now know the rest of the story. We've seen what else God has done. So the children of Israel were so grateful for how God had led them through the wilderness and out of slavery and captivity. We Christians, the church... We know that God so loved us that He delivered us from sin and death, that He so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. God so loved us that He gave His Son. now the command is even greater to love God with everything we have. And God is saying to Moses and God is saying to us, God is is saying to the people of Israel and to the church today, you can't forget this. It is vital. It's the essence of our faith. Jesus actually said it's the greatest commandment. Remember the story back in Matthew chapter 22. There was a lawyer who came up trying to put Jesus to the test. He wasn't trying to discern truth. He was trying to trap Jesus. And he asked the question, which of the laws is the greatest? Now, that could sound like a simple question, but there were 613 laws. 365 do not do this, 248 do this. And out of the 613, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus responds, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest in the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then catch this. Jesus says on these two commandments hang all the laws and the prophets. Not only is it the greatest, everything else hangs on this. You can't forget it. We can't afford to forget it. And so we're told, here's how you're to do this. You're to keep this in your heart. I mean, keep it deep inside your own being. This is, this is part of who you are. It's your essence. You're a DNA. But not only that, he says, recite this to your children when you're home, when you're away, when you lie down, when you, when you rise up, you're, you're to recite it. Now that, that Hebrew word for recite actually is to teach diligently. You're, you're to teach diligently, not just repeat the faith, teach it. The New International Version of the scripture here in verse 7 says, impress them on your children. You, you get that essence of you're imparting this faith, your faith that you kept deep in your heart, but now impart it and to your family, and to your children. Again, Eugene Peterson in the message paraphrases it this way. He said, write these commandments that I've given you today on your heart. Get them inside of you and get them inside your children. John Wesley is known as being the forefather of Methodism. But the beautiful thing about it is, is really, I think, the one who's at the heart of this is his mother, Susanna. As we've shared before, she was so passionate about her faith, the study of the scripture, our theology, and what we believe that she would spend a night a week with each of her children. And of course, John's night was Thursday night. But she believed that part of the role of a Christian parent, and here on Mother's Day we are reminded that part of the role of the Christian home, the Christian family, Christian parents, is that we teach, we recite, we impress this faith. First deep in our hearts, but then to others. One of the things I love to do in the church is a baptism of a child. And we celebrate that God's grace is already at work in their lives. But the vow is for the parents as well. Recognizing God's already doing something, we ask, Will you nurture your child in Christ's holy church that by your teaching, recite, impress, by your teaching and by your example, they may be guided to accept God's grace for themselves, then to profess their faith openly and to lead a Christian life. Proverbs 22, verse 6, Train children in the right way, and when old they will not stray. Paul writes to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 6, verse 4, Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction... Of the Lord. God said to Moses, You're getting ready to enter this new land. You really need to remember this. You you can't forget this. So he charges Moses to make sure the people know, and he charges us now to pass it from one generation to another. So he says, Keep it in your heart, recite it. Teach it, impress it upon your children and your children's children. But then a witness put a sign on your hand an emblem on your forehead these are the the phylacteries where this scripture is actually written on the on the scroll and then placed in this little box and and when they would pray they would place it on their forehead on their hand or on their forehead and and it was a reminder this is who i am this is what i believe this is my faith but it wasn't only a reminder to them anyone who saw them saw that saw this impressed upon them and you this is their faith because put it place it on your hand an emblem on your forehead put it on your doorpost the mezuzah the little box that you see on the doorpost of the hebrew homes the jewish homes and and, and inside the box is this scripture the lord our god is one you shall love the lord your god with everything you've got it's the it's the shema you you just can't afford to forget it. Heart to your families and a reminder to your whole community and to you as you come and go. This is who you are. Why was this so important to God? Well, if you read the scripture and keep reading following, he said, you know, you're going to come into this new land that I promised you. I am going to bless you like you have just never really been blessed before. And it's going to be overwhelming to you. You're, you're going to be in large, fine cities you're you're going to have fine houses, you're you're going to have vineyards, you're going to have olive groves, you're going to have prosperity. And that can be a problem. Sometimes when we have so much prosperity, so many blessings, we can begin to forget our God. And that was God's point. If you look at chapter 6 again in Deuteronomy, verse 12, take care that you... Do not forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Sometimes we, we get so caught up in the blessings that we forget to praise God from whom all blessings flow. And God's going, it's so important that you know this. He said to Moses, I'm charging you to teach them. And then he charges us to teach impress, and make sure that we diligently understand that our faith is in our heart to generation to generation and announce to the community, whether it's on our doorpost or reminder to ourselves and the community of our faith. And then he goes on and he says, and don't follow these other gods because... There are going to be many around you. Do not follow, follow other gods, verse 14, any of the gods of the peoples who are around you. It is so easy for us to get sucked into our culture and into our world rather than being a light to it. And God is going, be careful, because you're going to be around people with other gods, other priorities, other values, other faith. You can't forget... And God was passionate. He charged Moses. He charges us. And he says, you've got to do this with all of your heart and soul and might. The Wesley Study Bible says that the first possible threat to Israel's devotion is the experience of plenty. Wow. Isn't that interesting for a people like us? Because we are so blessed. We are a people of plenty. The first possible threat to Israel's devotion is the experience of plenty, which can lead to forgetting God and God's past benevolence. The Deuteronomy moves quickly and easily from plenty to other gods, shows that the two are inextricably conjoined. So Moses was charged to teach, a charge to keep, I have. He, he said, You've got to keep this in your heart, Proverbs 4 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for from everything you do flows from it. You're charged to guard our our homes, to recite our faith in our homes. First thing in the morning, late in the evening, it became the custom of of the Hebrew people, of the Jews, to to recite the Shema twice a day at least of your witness. Place it on a doorpost. Everybody that comes to your home will see and know who you are. It's also a reminder to you. Place it on your hand, your forehead. I'm reminded of Paul's writing in Romans one sixteen when he goes, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation To everyone who has faith. God believed this was so important that he charged Moses to teach us. And now he charges us to hear, O Israel. Jesus said, actually, it's the greatest commandment. And on these two of loving God with everything you've got and loving one another... Everything else hangs on these two. Charles Wesley, John Wesley's brother, a great hymn writer and theologian as well, wrote this powerful hymn called A Charge to Keep I Have. He says these words, A charge to keep I have, a God to glorify, a never-dying soul to save and fit it for the sky, to serve the present age. My calling to fulfill. Oh, may it all my powers engage. Loving God with everything you've got. To do my master's will. Arm me with jealous care. As in thy sight to live. And oh, thy servant, Lord, prepare. A strict account to give. Help me. To watch and pray and on thyself rely, assured, if I my trust betray, I shall forever die. This was important to God, really important to God. May it be really important to us. Will you pray with me? God, you charged Moses to teach us and to remind us, to impress this upon us. And God, we pray that we will receive your word into our hearts and that we will recognize all that you have done for us and that we will love you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength and might. And God, we pray that we then will pass this from generation to generation, that it will be impressed upon our hearts, it will be impressed in our homes, that we will teach diligently our faith, that we will understand that we cannot subcontract out our children's faith, but it's a charge you have given to us. And that we will be a witness and unashamed of the gospel, planting it on the things we wear and on our doorpost. That we are your people and you are our God. And may we never forget, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.